Section twenty four of the Phenomenology of Mind, Volume two, by George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, translated by James Black Bailey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by phone. Chapter seven B, subsection A, the abstract work of art. The first work of art is because immediate, abstract, and particular on its own side it has to move away from this immediate and objective phase towards self-consciousness while on the other side the latter for itself endeavours in the cult to do away with the distinction which it at first gave itself in contrast to its own spirit and by so doing to produce a work of art inherently endowed with life the first way in which the artistic spirit keeps as far as possible removed from each other its form and its active consciousness is immediate in character the form assumed is there as a thing in general it breaks up into the distinction of particularity which contains the form of the self and universality which represents the inorganic elements in reference to the form adopted and is its environment and habitation this shape assumed obtains its pure form the form belonging to spirit by the whole being raised into the sphere of the pure notion it is not the crystal belonging as we saw to the level of understanding a form which housed and covered a lifeless element or is shown upon externally by a soul nor again is it that commingling of the forms of nature and thought which first arose in connection with plants thought's activity here being still an imitation rather the notion strips off the remnant of root branches and leaves still clinging to the forms purifies the forms and makes them into figures in which the crystal's straight lines and surfaces are raised into incommensurable relations so that the animation of the organic is taken up into the abstract form of understanding and at the same time its essential nature incommensurability is preserved for understanding the indwelling god however is the black stone extracted from the animal encasement and suffused with the light of consciousness the human form strips off the animal character with which it was mixed up the animal form is for the god merely an accidental vestment the animal appears alongside its true form and has no longer a value on its own account but has sunk into being a significant sign of something else has become a mere symbol by that very fact the form assumed by the god in itself casts off even the need for the natural conditions of animal existence and hints at the internal arrangements of organic life melted down into the surface of the form and pertaining only to this surface the essential being of the god however is the unity of the universal existence of nature and of self-conscious spirit which in its actuality appears confronting the former at the same time being in the first instance a particular form its existence is one of the elements of nature just as its self-conscious actuality is a particular national spirit but the former is in this unity that element reflected back into spirit nature made transparent by thoughts and united with self-conscious life the form of the gods retains therefore within it its nature element as something transcended as a shadowy obscure memory the utter chaos and confused struggle amongst the elements existing free and detached from each other 
the non-ethical disordered realm of titans is vanquished and banished to the outskirts of self-transparent reality to the cloudy boundaries of the world which finds itself in the sphere of spirit and is at peace these ancient gods first-born children of the union of light with darkness heaven earth ocean sun earth's aimless typhonic fire and so on are supplanted by forms and shapes which do not but darkly recall those earlier titans and which are no longer things of nature but spirits clarified by the ethical life of self-conscious nations this simple form has thus destroyed within itself restless endless individuation the individuation both in the life of nature which operates with necessity only qua universal essence but is contingent in its actual existence and process and also in the life of a nation which is scattered and broken into particular spheres of action and into individual centres of self-consciousness and has an existence manifold in action and meaning all this individuation the simplicity of this form has abolished and brought together into an individuality at peace with itself hence the condition of unrest stands contrasted with this form confronting quiescent individuality the essential reality stands self-consciousness which being its source and origin has nothing left over for itself except to be pure activity what belongs to the substance the artist gave entirely along with his work to himself however as a specific individuality there belongs in his work no reality he could only have conferred completeness on it by relinquishing his particular nature divesting himself of his own being and rising to the abstraction of pure action with the first and immediate act of production the separation of the work and his self-conscious activity is not yet healed again the work is therefore not by itself really a spiritual entity it is a whole only when its process of coming to be is taken along with it the obvious and common element in the case of a work of art that it is produced in consciousness and is made by the hand of man is the aspect of the notion existing qua notion and standing in contrast to the work produced and if this notion qua the artist or spectator is unselfish enough to declare the work of art to be per se absolutely spiritual and to forget himself qua agent or onlooker then as against this the notion of spirit has to be insisted on spirit cannot dispense with the moment of being conscious of itself this moment however stands in contrast to the work because spirit in this its primary disruption gives the two sides their abstract and specifically contrasted characteristics of doing something and of being a thing and their return to the unity they started from has not yet come about the artist finds out then in his work that he did not produce a reality like himself no doubt there comes back to him from his work a consciousness in the sense that a wandering multitude honours it as the spirit which is their own true nature but this way of animating or spiritualizing his work since it renders him his self-consciousness merely in the form of admiration is rather a confession that the work is not animated in the same manner as the artist since the work comes back to him in the form of gladness in general he does not find in it the pain of his self-discipline and the pain of production nor the exertion and strain of his own toil 
people may moreover judge the work or bring him offerings and gifts or endue it with their consciousness in whatever way they like if they with their knowledge set themselves over it he knows how much more his act is than what they understand and say if they put themselves beneath it and recognize in it their own dominating essential reality he knows himself as the master of this the work of art hence requires another element for its existence god requires another way of going forth than this in which out of the depths of his creative night he drops into the opposite into externality to the character of a thing with no self-consciousness this higher element is that of language a way of existing which is directly self-conscious existence when individual self-consciousness exists in that way it is at the same time directly a form of universal contagion complete isolation of independent self-existent cells is at once fluent continuity and universally communicated unity of the many selves it is the soul existing as soul the god then which takes language as its medium of embodiment is the work of art inherently spiritualized endowed with a soul a work which directly in its existence contains the pure activity which was apart from and in contrast to the god when existing as a thing in other words self-consciousness when its essential being becomes objective remains in direct relation with itself it is when thus at home with itself in its essential nature pure thought or devotion whose inwardness gets at the same time express existence in the hymn the hymn keeps within it the individuality of self-consciousness and this individual character is at the same time perceived to be there universal devotion kindled in every one is a spiritual stream which in all the manifold self-conscious units is conscious of itself as one and the same function in all alike and a simple state of being spirit being this universal self-consciousness of every one holds in a single unity its pure inwardness as well as its objective existence for others and the independent self-existence of the individual units this kind of language is distinct from another way god speaks which is not that of universal self-consciousness the oracle both in the case of the god of the religions of art as well as of the preceding religions is the necessary and the first form of divine utterance for its very principle implies that god is at once the essence of nature and of spirit and hence has not merely natural but spiritual existence as well in so far as this moment is implied primarily in its principle and is not yet realized in religion the language used is for the religious self-consciousness the speech of an alien and external self-consciousness the self-consciousness which remains alien and foreign to its religious communion is not yet there in the way its essential principle requires it should be the self is simple self-existence and thereby is altogether universal self-existence that self however which is cut off from the self-consciousness of the communion is primarily a mere particular self the content of this its own peculiar and individual form of speech is supplied from the general determinate character which the absolute spirit as such adopts in its religion thus the universal spirit of the east which has not yet particularized its existence utters about the absolute equally simple abstract and universal statements whose substantial content is sublime in the simplicity of its truth 
but at the same time appears because of this universality trivial to the self-consciousness developing further the further developed self which advances to being distinctively for itself rises above the pure pathos of unconscious substance gets the mastery over the objectivity of the principle of light in eastern religion and knows that simplicity of abstract truth to be the inherent reality das ansichseinde which does not possess the form of contingent existence through an utterance of an alien self but is the sure and unwritten law of the gods a law that lives for ever and no man knows what time it came as the universal truth revealed by the light of the world has here returned into what is within or what is beneath and has thus got rid of the form of contingent appearance so too on the other hand in the religion of art because god's form or shape has taken on consciousness and hence particularity in general the peculiar utterance of god who is the spirit of an ethically constituted nation is the oracle which knows its special circumstances and situation and announces what is serviceable to its interest reflective thought however satisfies itself as to the universal truths enunciated because these are known as the essential implicit reality of the nation's life and the utterance of them is thus for such reflection no longer a strange and alien speech but is its very own just as that wise man of old searched in his own thought for what was worthy and good but left it to his daemon to find out and decide the petty contingent content of what he wanted to know whether it was good for him to keep company with this or that person or good for one of his friends to go on a journey and such like unimportant things in the same way the universal consciousness draws the knowledge about the contingent from birds or trees or fermenting earth the steam from which deprives the self-conscious mind of its powers of discrimination for what is accidental is something undiscerned undiscriminated and extraneous and hence the ethical consciousness lets itself as if by a throw of the dice settle the matter in a manner that is similarly undiscriminating and extraneous if the individual by his understanding determines on a certain course and selects after consideration what is useful for him it is the specific nature of his particular character which is the ground of this self-determination the basis is just what is contingent and that knowledge which his understanding supplies as to what is useful for the individual is hence just such a knowledge as that of oracles or of the lot only that he who questions the oracle or lot thereby shows the ethical sentiment of indifference to what is accidental while the former on the contrary treats the inherently contingent as an essential concern of his thought and knowledge higher than both however is to make careful reflection the oracle for contingent action but yet to recognize that this very act reflected on is something contingent because it refers to what is opportune and has a relation to what is particular the true self-conscious existence which spirit receives in the form of speech which is not the utterance of extraneous and so accidental that is not universal self-consciousness is the work of art which we met with before it stands in contrast to the statue which has the character of a thing as the statue is existence in a state of rest the other is existence in a state of transience 
in the case of the former objectivity is set free and dispenses with the immediate presence of the self proper in the latter on the other hand objectivity is too much bound up with the self attains insufficiently to definite embodiment and is like time no longer there just as soon as it is there the religious cult constitutes the process of the two sides a process in which the divine embodiment in motion within the pure feeling element of self-consciousness and its embodiment at rest in the element of thinghood reciprocally abandon the different character each possesses and the unity which is the underlying principle of their being becomes an existing fact here in the cult the self gives itself a consciousness of the divine being descending from its remoteness into it and this divine being which was formerly the unreal and merely objective thereby receives the proper actuality of self-consciousness this principle of the cult is essentially contained and present already in the flow of the melody of the hymn these hymns of devotion are the way the self obtains immediate pure satisfaction through and within itself it is the soul purified which in the purity it thus attains is immediately and only absolute being and is one with absolute being the soul because of its abstract character is not consciousness distinguishing its object from itself and is thus merely the night of its existence and the place prepared for its form the abstract cult therefore raises the self into being this pure divine element the soul brings about the attainment of this purity in a conscious way still it is not yet the self which has descended to the depths of its being and knows itself as evil it is something that merely is a soul which cleanses its exterior with the washing of water and robes it in white while its innermost traverses the path set before itself of labour punishment and reward the way of spiritual discipline of altogether relinquishing its particularity the road by which it reaches the mansions and the fellowship of the blessed this ceremonial cult is in its first form merely in secret that is is merely a performance accomplished subjectively in idea and unrealized it has to become a real act for an unreal act is a contradiction in terms consciousness proper thereby rises to the level of its pure self-consciousness the essential being has in it the significance of a free object through the actual cult this object turns back to the self and in so far as in pure consciousness it has the significance of absolute being dwelling in its purity beyond actual reality this being descends through this mediating process of the cult from its universality into individual form and thus combines and unites with actual reality the way the two sides make their appearance in the act is of such a character that the self-conscious aspect so far as it is actual consciousness finds the absolute being manifesting itself as actual nature on the one hand nature belongs to self-consciousness as its possession and property and stands for what has no existence per se on the other hand nature is its proper immediate reality and particularity which is equally regarded as not truly real and essential and is abrogated at the same time that external nature has the opposite significance for its pure consciousness that is the significance of being the inherently real for which the self sacrifices its own relative unreality 
just as conversely the self sacrifices the unessential aspect of nature to itself the act is thereby a spiritual movement because it is this double-sided process of cancelling the abstraction of absolute being in the way devotion determines the object and making it something concrete and actual and on the other hand of cancelling the actual in the way the agent determines the object and the self-acting and raising it into universality the practice of the religious cult begins therefore with the pure and simple offering up or surrender of a possession which the owner apparently considers quite useless for himself and spills on the ground or lets rise up in smoke by so doing he renounces before the ultimate being of his pure consciousness all possession and right of property and enjoyment thereof renounces personality and the reversion of his action to his self and instead reflects the act into the universal into the absolute being rather than into himself conversely however the objective ultimate being too is annihilated in that very process the animal offered up is the symbol of a god the fruits consumed are the actual living series and bacchus in the former die the powers of the upper law the olympians which has blood and actual life in the latter the powers of the lower law the furies which possesses in bloodless form secret and crafty power the sacrifice of the divine substance so far as it is active belongs to the side of self-consciousness that this concrete act may be possible the absolute being must have from the start implicitly sacrificed itself this it has done in the fact that it has given itself definite existence and made itself an individual animal and fruit of the earth the self actively sacrificing demonstrates in actual existence and sets before its own consciousness this already implicit completed self-renunciation on the part of absolute being and replaces that immediate reality which absolute being has by the higher that is that of the self making the sacrifice for the unity which has arisen and which is the outcome of transcending the particularity and separation of the two sides is not merely negative destructive fate but has a positive significance it is merely for the abstract being of the nether world that the sacrifice offered to it is wholly surrendered and devoted and in consequence it is only for that being that the reflection of personal possession and individual self-existence back into the universal is marked distinct from the self as such at the same time however this is only a trifling part and the other act of sacrifice is merely the destruction of what cannot be used and is really the preparation of the offered substance for a meal the feast that cheats the act out of its negative significance the person making the offering at that first sacrifice reserves the greatest share for his own enjoyment and reserves from the latter sacrifice what is useful for the same purpose this enjoyment is the negative power which supersedes the absolute being as well as the unity and this enjoyment is at the same time the positive actual reality in which the objective existence of absolute being is transmuted into self-conscious existence and the self has consciousness of its unity with its absolute this cult for the rest is indeed an actual act although its meaning lies for the most part only in devotion what pertains to devotion is not objectively produced 
just as the result when confined to the feeling of enjoyment is robbed of its external existence the cult therefore goes further and replaces this defect in the first instance by giving its devotion an objective subsistence since the cult is the common task or the individual task for each and all to do which produces for the honour and glory of god a house for him to dwell in and adornment for his presence by so doing the external objectivity of statuary is partly cancelled for by thus dedicating his gifts and his labours the worker makes god well disposed towards him and looks on his self as attached and appertaining to god furthermore this course of action is not the individual labour of the artist his particularity is dissolved in universality but it is not only the honour of god which is brought about and the blessing of his countenance and favour is not only shed in idea and imagination on the worker the work has also a meaning the reverse of the first which was that of self-renunciation and of honour done to what is alien and external the halls and dwellings of god are for the use of man the treasures preserved there are in time of need his own the honour which god enjoys in his decorative adornment is the honour and glory of a refined artistic and high-spirited nation at the festival season the people adorn their own dwellings their own garments and their establishments too with the furnishings of elegance and grace in this manner they receive a return for their gifts from a responsive and grateful god and receive the proofs of his favour wherewith the nation became bound to the god because of the work done for him not as a hope and a deferred realisation but rather in testifying to his honour and in presenting gifts the nation finds directly and at once the enjoyment of its own wealth and adornment. End of section twenty four.